From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. No, don't ever hire an architect who is a genius. I don't like geniuses. They're dangerous. How's that? A man abler than his brothers insults them by implication. We must not aspire to any virtue which cannot be shared. And that's from The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, and that is the villain speaking. Nobody should aspire to be any better than anybody else. No geniuses, no bright people, no ambitious people. Let's level everybody. And, of course, the emotion of envy drives that. That's a rotten emotion. But if you're around somebody that's doing that to you, a family member, and just basically saying that you think you're so good, when you've done some really good things and you don't have to say, well, no, I have some blemishes too. You are good. You just need to stay away from people who, whose goal is to try to make themselves feel better by trying to pull you down. My number is toll-free, one doctor Kenner. And right now we're going to turn to the phone lines and speak with Willie. Willie, welcome to the show. Hey, Dawn. Very good. You've got some romance problems, huh? Yeah. yeah, what's going on? Um, currently, um, my fiance is pregnant. Okay. And how many months? Um, four and a half. Four and a half? Yeah. Okay. She's going through her mood swings and everything. But, um, one you. she says I have anger, anger problems, but I don't know, something triggers me off. It's like, um, Going through a little, um, I've currently got fired from my job where I've been for like two two years, and right now she's she's pregnant, so it's like she's going off the off the handle. Okay, she's going off the handle, or you have the anger problems? Well, she's going off the handle. She's like, what does oh, she you say don't to do you? Nothing for me. You don't do anything for me. This and that. Um, you don't you don't know how to keep your job or anything else, and. We have a three-year-old son, and then we have another one coming. It's like, and like, after a while, I'm starting to get angry at her. If your anger could speak, what would it say? What would it say? Mm-hmm. It would say things that I don't want to say right now. Okay, but tell me what you would say. Uh, oh, yeah, as long as you're not swearing. I don't mean to, you can't swear yeah, on the that, air. that's exactly what goes on now. Okay, no, yeah. I don't want to. That's exactly what goes on now. Okay, but you swear at her. But if you could say it in words, non-swearing words, Willie, what would you say? Your anger is saying, leave me alone, I'm trying. What would it say? I've already said that. Okay. I've already said it already, like, whatever you're going to, I think, whatever you say, I already said it. And it's kind of like, well, you're not trying hard enough, and then, you know, it's like... Is there some truth in that, that you could try harder? Oh, yeah, I have. I've had. Okay, but in the is last month in the last month I have sat there and I've been out early mornings for the last month and haven't came back until ten o'clock at night what, for a month. Doing for, what? Looking for jobs and and then um, fill out applications. Okay, why do you think you're not getting hired? Um, I don't. I tell you the honest truth, I really don't know. Yeah. But this uh, this job I had for two years, and um, prior to that. I had a self-employment job for six years, and okay. employers would tell me that, "Oh, I like you. I like your resume because you you've been ambitious, yeah, and self-motivated. You've been determined because you're outside making a good amount of money for yourself. And okay. even in the, even in the snow, I'm doing landscaping. I'm I'm shoveling snow, 
Okay, so you can be a very hard worker, and you're just having a very difficult time drumming up some work now. She's really in crisis because she feels like she's got a baby on the way. She wants to focus on that, and she can't because you're both in financial straits. She's working or not working? Currently, she's not working because she caught the early pregnancy symptoms to this pregnancy. Like, she gets the mood swings, she gets tired real fast. Okay. So, but and she gets sick because she used to Does she have up. a, can she go back to work after she, the baby's born? I mean, after giving her yeah, some she time can go to back be with to the work. baby. She can go back to work. Yeah. But then, but then her mom is like, oh, um, it's all on you, Will. It's all on you. And, and, and like, okay. it's, kind of, you... it's kind of pushing me and frustrating me. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like. Yeah, if she, I would say to the mom, if the mom said it's all on you, Will, and I'm you, I would say, you know, I understand that, and I wish I had a magic wand and could come up with a job where I could work nine double jobs and come home with a wonderful paycheck and feel proud of that. I'm feeling about as low as I've felt in a long time, and I'm working real hard doing uh, let me tell you what i'm doing and i would share with the family with the mother with the, with your wife what your plans are each day and to get a job and if you persevere you're bound to get a job willie and then this is temporary. So instead of getting angry at one another, you want to recognize that there's truth in what she says. She's real anxious. And if you think you could try harder, then definitely go for it. Use that as a motivator because you'll feel much better. You'll feel more internal pride when you've got a, when you've got a paycheck coming in. Yeah. And in terms of the yelling, I would get, I would, I mentioned a book, you can get it at the library for free, Dr. Weisinger's Anger Workout book or another book on anger management would definitely do some reading, get some help for yourself. If you can go to therapy, I would do that. I don't know if you have insurance, but I would try to get the help because there are a lot of skills like putting yourself on pause before you're about to yell, walking out of the house. Not and all this stuff has just happened in the last three years. Okay, but three years is a long time to go on, Willie, without yeah. feeling like you're moving forward. Um, so I would talk to her, say, you know, I've, I've spoken to someone for advice. You can tell her you touch base with me. And she recommends that we get some therapy. And instead of beating up on each other, we try to come up with an action plan that's reasonable for both of us to help us manage this because the anger is just, it's, it's spinning your wheels. It's just tearing apart a relationship when you both need each other's psychological support. You need the emotional support of one another now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I wish you good. Yeah, let me know how things go, Will. All right. Okay, thanks. All right. Bye-bye. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my number's toll-free, 1-877-D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. Now, earlier I was talking about a guy, Carlson, uh, who's never been married. He's the nice guy. He, he says, hi, Dr. Kenner. I'm a 35-year-old male, single, never been married, but had a few long-term relationships. My dilemma is that I'm nice, so nice that every woman I develop a good connection with gets strongly attracted to me as a friend because I'm so nice. 
but I think I can't seem to develop a relationship with anyone because I'm such a great friend, Catch, and they don't want to risk losing a friendship. And it's not a blow-off. They really do get quite attached to me in this way. I'm good-looking. I'm 20-something, educated, a successful, successful a magazine publisher. No kids, no addictions, no disease, no baggage. I'll bet there are people listening that would like to call you up right now. And I'm even modest, even though I have to blurt out all this stuff about myself like this to keep the email as brief as possible. LOL. LOL, I looked up, means laughing out loud. Uh, this is that computer lingo. My problem is, is that I can't love someone until I like them. And in order to like them, they have to be a friend. So the friend thing gets in the way before anything else has a chance to develop. I'm not the type to meet someone, have sex with them, and then figure out whether I like them or not. But that seems to be the order of events that most relationships seem to follow. Is my approach wrong? It's been a couple of years now. I know women so often are attracted to guys who they feel they can fix. Should I break something? Laughing out loud. Very much looking forward to your reply. Okay, Carl, this is from Carlson. Carlson, you know, I wonder if you're giving off the wrong vibes, or I highly suspect that you are. I had a male friend in college, and we did so much together. We were best buddies. We went ice skating together. We even learned new routines. We were both very good um, figure skaters. And we would do the dancing as a couple on ice together. He would visit all the time. We planned a very classy party, a holiday party together. We studied together. We spent time together during the summers. We played tennis together. He never gave me any indication that he was interested in anything more. And so guess what? We never dated. And I even wondered at some points, is he gay or not? He never hung around guys for any, from what I know. So what would I observe if I saw you with a female friend whom you had the hearts for? What I think you need to do is she can't read your mind. I'll never know whether my college buddy wanted to date me or not. So you need to set up an expectation that this is a date. It doesn't mean you have to have sex, but not just a jolly friendship. You need to think romantic, not friend. Change your own self-image. You're judging the women as if whether they'd be a good partner for you. So you just don't need just anyone. You want to match the same ambition level, have an active mind and self-esteem. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. Another way to nourish a relationship is by spending meaningful time together, giving full attention to one another. How you spend your time together is a volitional choice. Quality time says to your partner, you're important to me. Another way to nourish your relationship is giving gifts. We do not recommend buying expensive gifts, even if affordable, except for special occasions and especially not for the purpose of making up after an argument or for neglect or poor treatment. To fix that, you need to change your whole pattern of behavior. Small, thoughtful gifts as a symbol of your love are ideal. If you've discussed this, you'll know what type of gifts your partner values. On a special occasion, buy something that your loved one truly wants but would never buy. But usually just a card, flowers, candy, or a love note on the pillow is the perfect gift. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.